Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you are a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Money across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome to episode 34 of Across the Pond Marketing Transformed. My name's Samuel Money. I'm on the east coast of the USA in Philadelphia, and I'm joined from London by my great friend, Chris Lawson. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Sam. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. I think we're getting more adjusted and more adapted and it, i guess it always helps if it's a glorious day outside <laughs> so yeah. I, won't, I won't i won't lie about that the, the the weather does help improve the mood yeah both sides of the pond today sam glad to say it's uh it's it's good here as well but but yeah i, I feel a i feel a good energy at the moment i think people are starting to dust themselves off and go right okay let's just get on with this now well actually chris great way to segue because i'm not going to trot out the cliches of how to lead in uncertain times or how difficult times will lead to a new normal Uh, our current show format means our audience is hearing from two guys which we'll we'll acknowledge now so chris and i wanted to make it clear that can't really change that we can't change that The, (laughs) the, the, the the research for this show is through a broad lens and not just our own experiences And so I'll start off this show with a quote from Jacinda Hearn, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She said, one of the criticisms I faced over the years is that I'm not aggressive enough or assertive enough, or maybe somehow because I'm empathetic, it means I'm weak. I totally rebel against that. I refuse to believe that you cannot be both compassionate and strong. Right now, we see that the Norway Prime Minister, Erna Solberg, Iceland Prime Minister Katrina Jakobsdottir, um, Germany's Angela Merkel, obviously I mentioned Jacinda Ahern from New Zealand, uh, leader from St. Martin's, Silveria Jacobs, and the Taiwan president and her vice president, I think it's uh, the vice president, I believe is Chen Chien Jen. They're all demonstrating leadership traits. We should absolutely emulate and advocate. They are the role models that we have in mind for this week's show. And the show is about the future of leadership and how we seek to collaborate and work in the future, especially amongst marketing and creative audiences as we lead into this transformation. It's becoming clear that keeping people motivated, excited and encouraged, it's being reset. And the ability to remain that creative to be, to be able to collaborate and foster the best marketing has changed. Employees are having completely different experiences, some for the better and some for the worse. For the better, it's the immediacy, it's the flexibility that for just many, the reduction of the long commute, for example, no longer two hours each way or you know variations of that, and more proximity to being home and to your family and to familiarity. The downsides then have been kind of the online inter, um, nature of every interaction. These, there's this expression now of being zoomed out. People are just fatigued from back to back to back to back video conferences and video experiences and the alerts that are showing up and, and alarms coming from multiple platforms and logging in and logging here just to stay in touch. It's getting a bit tiresome. And the fact is we know that the majority of human communication comes through body language and through tone so only less than 10 percent, i believe is actually through the words that we use so the irony of being online is if you're on a video conference and half the participants don't have cameras on 
because maybe they're unable, unwilling to, it's actually not that great experience. You're basically back on a conference call and it limits the quality of communication. Just to sum up then, why I believe this is so important. There was some great advice from Paul Estes, he's from staffing.com, on the move to remote work does not mean you stay at work. Just remember, just because we're working remotely, you can't afford to stay there all the time. You've got to block out time for yourself. Secondly, we need to learn to use the technologies and really ex- embrace how to do that well. And actually, thirdly, some things are here to, here to stay. Telemedicine, I found, is actually faster, better, and more efficient and can lead to better engagement and better results. And if you think of for that from the customer perspective, then think about it as a marketer. How are people engaging and using your products? Maybe it's actually better, easier, and faster in the new way, in the current climate, than it was before. And we need to embrace that and actually factor that into what we do next. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. But there's some services that are definitely lending itself to a new way of working, as we've already covered. Um, and and I, I think you, you raised a whole load of points there. I think we're, we'll come back to all of them throughout the, the session. And, mm-hmm. and we wanted to focus this episode on the teams, this episode. Um, so how easy is it for product management to work with marketing this situation? How do you conduct a brainstorm over the airwaves? How do you sketch out that critical path? And, and importantly, how do you lead? Um, we wanted to reflect on what we're seeing with some of those leaders and their approaches to handling a crisis and, and what this will mean for business as a whole. Um, Forbes wrote a, um, a good article, um, although I'm not entirely sure about the title, which was um, Why Women Make Great Leaders During COVID-19. Uh, I imagine there's a hmm. number of female leaders out there bristling and saying that it's just mm-hmm. perceived as a crisis where they're great leaders when clearly the examples you've given right. are are much, much broader than that. Um, it's not exactly. just about crisis management. Mm-hmm. But, but the points still remain the same, that actually there's a element of having to a more diverse repertoire of leadership strategies. Uh, obviously, uh, in, a, in a male-dominated sort of a senior C-suite, that's been well-documented and therefore mm-hmm. having to find different strategies uh, that clearly serves you well, um, leading through a crisis. And uh, in many studies, there's a McKinsey study that shows that women um, in leadership are much more focused on building community and teams and, and McKinsey pinpointed that the essential mm-hmm. characteristics of leadership um, and what determines the differences between how men and women may well lead, not just in normal circumstances, but in a crisis, is that uh, women will be a bit more people orientated and spend time developing and coaching other leaders in their organization as well. And that sense of community-minded leadership, that focus on the people rather than the business or as well as the business, I think is probably more accurate, um, that proves very effective in in situations that we see ourselves in at the moment, um, whether you're leading a country, a society or a business. It's about how do you focus on the employee, mm. employees and, and, and how do you drive that through? Um, I, I can only think that this is going to become more and more important in a post-pandemic world. Absolutely. When I think about what's going on, it's often driven by the need now to ensure that you put people first. There's more proof that this was actually happening 
pre-COVID as much as during and post-COVID. There was a report from Mandy Ginsberg, who was the CEO of the $20 billion company, the Match Group. And she opened up to the magazine Fast Company, which is an innovation publication, about how health concerns due to a family history of cancer and the misfortune of having her home destroyed through, I think, a tornado, and that she just realized that she'd had a backlog of missed calls from a doctor um, about some serious health issues that she had that led her to actually quit and give up the hard-won job of being CEO. And what, for me, was powerful about this story is that she was one of many senior leaders who are starting to just put go on record and share their struggles and share that it's okay to not fall into the track of trap of being stoic, but actually just be transparent and just being honest. And she got a lot of plaudits internally and externally for doing that. So being people first is also thinking about people when they're well, as well as when they're sick. We can all relate to how hard it is to separate personal issues from work issues. They both cohabitate. And we've got to think about how we accept that and, and are empowered to just live into that. We've got to help workers focus on their passions. So if you're working with people who are innovative and coming up with new innovations, even if you invest and support them so that they leave, then maybe you can even invest in them there. And as a company, you could actually put perhaps invest in that new company they set up. Think about how you bring people together and doing that in a purposeful way. Empower people to own their work. And then just creating spaces for people to be themselves and to do that well. Some other leadership I'm seeing from senior marketers was from a, an organization called We Are Rosie, which is uh, a consultancy and agency supporting freelance marketers and creative and advertising people. And um, Stephanie Nardi Olson recently said that not only are we not following or laying off people, they're actually floating a massive amount of money to holding companies right now. So just that's as factoring, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I just think that's awesome to see that the, the marketers and the, and the leaders in this space are really role modeling internally and externally how to lead and support and build that community and the ecosystem that they're part of. And another piece I was seeing from Alison Baum, who wrote a great piece in Medium about the future of work becomes work. And so check that out from Alison Baum. And amongst several things she shared, she's just said, look, again, echoing stuff you shared earlier, Chris, the, the psychological impact of what's going on means that this whole space of mental health care is, is super important. And we see the plethora of brands in the direct-to-consumer uh, and employee channels actually doing that. So we've got to think about new innovations, perhaps, that can come in terms of tracking and helping with habits that improve our mental health, how we support um, employees with their mental health benefits and um, the platforms that really do focus on communication and human micro connections between communities. All of those things are going to become more important as we move forward. Yeah, um, a startup I've mentioned before is uh, one called Sanctuary and uh, and they have an ambition to set up mental health gyms in in employers and um, send coaches around to do that. I think uh, you know, we, we will see more and more of that um, as we've seen a rise in the, the health startups. I think we're, we'll see a rise in that subsector of mental health startups as well. And, and that example of uh, Mandy Ginsburg, I mean, from a leadership point of view, it, it sort of it, it really sums it up actually that you you need to be honest about your struggles and encourage others to come forward, build that trust in community, 
And that's all necessary characteristics of leading a winning mm. team. By opening up about your personal struggles and reasons to leave it, it creates that sense of community. I think no doubt her standing with employees and future investors or whatever she chooses to do, I think will will be there. But but look, let's let's play devil's advocate here, Sam. Um there's a number of startups, past and present, as well as successful companies, and the whole of the VC and private equity industry is is based around that. Companies should be seen almost as pressure cookers uh, in their hyper growth stage. Um, Apple wasn't seen as a nice place to work from many different perspectives, and and we've all felt it, Sam. We've all felt that stress mm. is seen yeah. as an essential part of the jobs that we do. And and it will be interesting to see whether there's a reset, rethink moment. But a certain tension surely is necessary. A bit of a bit of rub there. Um, there's a uh, professor, um, I believe, called Heifeitz. Um, I probably haven't pronounced that right, so apologies. But um, he he's from Stanford, uh, I believe, and and he identified five strategic principles of leadership um, that those in authority can apply. Um, the first one was about identifying the adapted change um, challenge or, mm-hmm. or pretty straightforward that one we would identify. The second one, less so, keep the levels of stress high enough to encourage action, but not so high that the top blows off. The third one was focus attention on issues rather than stress-reducing distractions. And, and I think that is an interesting point, you know, whether you get distracted by you know, initiatives to help well-being rather than focus on the issues, um, distribute the work at a rate that people can handle and protect those voices of leadership without authority. Now, again, over the podcast that we, we've done in this series, uh, that last point about making sure that leaders are throughout the whole organization, we're, we're not going to disagree with that. But I think mm-hmm. that point about suggesting that stress is necessary to implement action is interesting. And I think there will be a large number of people listening to this or within industry that will say, we don't want this to become too touchy-feely. We want this still to be about the numbers. Um, so what will be fascinating is whether this method of work will work um, going forward and and whether management must try to reduce stress and, and, and employees are likely to come out in a more vulnerable state and we have to address it. Um, you know, there's, there's various studies already happening. Two-thirds of employees are saying they're feeling more anxious in the current environment. 64% are saying they're feeling more stress. However, a third are actually saying that they've reported um, that their mental health has actually improved over the last few weeks. And many put that down to homeworking, um, which is great news. Um, and when people are looking at a decline in health, they're, they're quoting stress, anxiety, being worried about their job, feeling fatigued. Working from home is only 6% of that. So so you, you would hope that actually what we've learned over the last sort of period of time is that actually working from home can be seen as a positive. However, we mm. will need to keep an eye on that, those, the stress levels and the impact that it can have on long-term work. Yeah, and researching this show, I listened to a great podcast episode, which really just helped me focus what do actually employees really need from the leaders? Where do they actually want, want help and where's the most help going to actually um, improve the situation. It was a podcast by 
Michael Gale, Forbes Futures podcast, and he had a guest, Valerie Granoff, on the show, who's a psychotherapist. And she just laid out some basic things that leaders could put into practice, just being patient and flexible and thinking more about their own self-care as much as their employees. But it's about role modeling. So think about what kind of metrics matter. How how can you move? How do you move? Let's just move a bit slower and just slower and lower expectations of people just to help them get into the groove. The The work status has kind of shifted now. So the power structures and hierarchies is not really in place. No one has their big office anymore. And, and then people are adapting to this new new world and just show compassion and, and really help help your people just be the best versions of themselves. So one way you could do that is just communicate. Hey, focus on what you do know versus what you don't know so that people have a bit more control. A lot of time motivating teams, you've got to invest in doing that. So often it's just about communication, 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 communication. Be more mindful about it and think about the style and the approach and how you do that in a group or individually. Be kind, be generous, prepare before you communicate give people space and just time for listening on a video call one thing that i see that people could do more of is just look into the lens because looking into the lens kind of gives you that type that um, sense of eye contact versus looking elsewhere or looking at yourself on the screen so look into the lens is something you probably need to practice just to again show that you're you're listening to other people and you can just do um, do meet up and do things in a more creative way so you could have virtual coffees or virtual breakfast or virtual lunch or virtual dinners where literally you get your own coffee from your kitchen and then come back and sit and just drink it without an agenda without just like you would do with with colleagues um, in a physical office so those types of things are just simple ways just to show that connection and role model the way that we can better support our employees but also be more productive collaborative and creative yeah that's, that's good. And and if I was just to sort of critique one of those, I, I think the, you know, that video conference call, I, I'm still seeing a lot of people that are really reluctant to turn their, their cameras on. Um, mm. And and yes, there's a bandwidth issue. And actually, I suffer from that sometimes. But, but I think it's more a case of uh, not not engaging fully. So at least put them on at the start of the end of a conference call, at least do that. Um, and and uh, here's an action plan, Sam, just to follow on for those points. I think the first one is about being real. Don't sugarcoat it. Be real with employees. Um, you know, it links back to how honesty can make workers feel and how empowering it can be. Um, and avoid that, uh, that paternalistic approach as well, where you're sort of almost shielding them from bad news. I, I, I just think, you know... Um, as, as we're kids, most of the time they've already got there before you have anyway. So treat them as adults and they'll they respect you more. Um, second point, show compassion. Uh, the impact that your words can have can be immense as a leader. Have a viewpoint, have an opinion. And also, if you leave the stuff unsaid, it gets noticed. Mm -hmm. In a crisis, you have to empathize, recognize the impact that will be felt, not just at business and at home. Um, I think another one on those action points in work out a way to install collective pride. Again, if we think from a country perspective or society, um, we're seeing that the, the, um, the clap for the care workers in the UK on a mm -hmm. Thursday night, that's, that's an absolute way of installing collective pride. Yeah. Um, you have sort of a 
Colonel Tom now, sort of uh, the um, Captain Tom, uh, the Centurion, who who's raised over thirty million pounds. Um, post the poster boy for the uh, COVID nineteen crisis. Absolutely, yeah, another way. Yeah, of he's, he's made collective it. Pride. He, yeah, he's made it to the on to the news over in the US as well. So it's great to have this hundred euro icon being lauded, um, and also uh, it's a story that travels the world, and people everyone can can get something out of it. If you can do it at hundred, then I think we can all we can all find a way to support the support ourselves, but also support the community. Yeah, and and you know, there's there's. Other societal examples of that, obviously, after 9-11, that sense of collective pride in New York City as to how they were dealing with a very, very personal tragedy. But from a company perspective, the same applies. Uh, you know, there's many uh, experiences I've had now where actually that people are becoming prouder of the decisions that their organization are taking. And, and I, I can only imagine that customer sat- or staff satisfaction surveys are going to be a very, very different picture to what they would have been last year. And finally, don't forget, when we find ourselves on the other side of a business challenge or a crisis, we have to continue and understand how it made us feel and what the fallout is. I mean, obviously, from a pandemic, there's the grief um, that many people mm. have. It will affect people's lives. Um, and we need the, the leader to project compassion and understanding. And, and it's a difficult balancing act. But if it can be achieved um, and they are seen to be there and compassionate and heard, um, it, it can be incredibly powerful. So, so that's just a, a quicker action plan there, Sam. Great. I love those steps, Chris, and we'll make sure that um, we share those again later. Um as you talk there, there's a lot of things that you, you've put into the plan. But listen, let's be realistic here. It's it's not that easy. So don't expect it just to happen. It's actually work. You need to work at it. Even for Apple, they've just recently released their results. And Tim Cook, the CEO, saying, well, actually, it's been a bit of a mixed picture with their shift to remote work. And some divisions... It's actually improved productivity. So, for example, the software division had it easier um, than perhaps the hardware group. And they continue to need business, uh, products, new products as their lifeblood, but they're, they're struggling a bit. So, again, it's not just going to happen. You have to really plan and, and work at it. Yeah, good point. And, and I think we should get down to some marketing techniques and creativity here. I think that... Equally, this applies to Apple as it does to every company. We've we talked about in the last session whether you have an adequate disaster recovery program in place and whether your CMOs are on top of their game as well as the CIOs. And and I think we should also reflect this on reflect on this in our day to day jobs as well. If if we relate it to marketing, Sam, some jobs I think within the marketing teams that I'm working with are currently easier to do at the moment and. And some are seeing little difference, while, while others are, are clearly struggling. Uh, I've been tapping into friends and colleagues over the last week in different areas and, and seeing what, uh, what they are finding in their work um, and mm-hmm. looking at it purely from a technical perspective rather than from a business perspective. And, and I know you've been doing the same. So, so I'll, I'll kick off there. Marketing analysis, uh, a lot of insight uh, are going, wow, you know, this is brilliant. It's either the same, if not easier. 
to be opportunity to deep think without distraction um, is being seen as a, a good opportunity working from home that um, is, is helping that through. VPNs though, getting data um, has been notoriously slow, always is. And, I, and I've mentioned before, Bruce Daisley, a good friend of mine, has written a book about the joy of work. And there's an interesting part in it about the need to create an environment to deep think, which modern offices just don't have, or open open spaces actually can work against that. And I, and I think we'll come back to that in the next episode, Sam. Um, taking a, another view, looking at publishing, uh, the ability to, to get a publication out. You know, two editors I've spoken to, two schools of thought here. One already operates remotely, um, has, a, has a bank of freelancers, um, to flat plan all of they do, and and actually it's business as usual for them. The second one used to work in the office, uh, you know, a war room, everything up on the walls, finding it absolutely awful. Um, finding that collaboration isn't working, um, and, and maybe maybe just number two wasn't as prepared as number one there. So you know that's an right. interesting point in itself. Product management. Some of the feedback I think is is clear. It's, it's hard to get close to the customers at times like this, um, but but they have been making it work, collaborating around prototypes in Slack. Um, what about you, Sam? What have you seen? Yeah, you know, as you're talking there, Chris, it's it's. I'm realizing that you have to actually be open to new ways of working that are better than than what you had before, and maybe compromising or shifting your perspectives to get more out of it. And some of the things that that I've been doing that seem to work for me now is that being open to a bunch of new tools. There's a new um, product from Prezi. Prezi, probably, probably familiar with them with their more presentation tool. They've got Prezi Video, which launched in November 2019. And it, it helps you put you and your graphics on screen, on screen together. So imagine when we watch TV, we see a presenter or a newsreader, and then there's stuff going on beside or below them. Well, you actually have that capability in Prezi Video. And it then means that you can have a more natural kind of zooming conversational video. And remember, you're still actually looking at the presenter. So we're looking at each other and not focused on the slide. And making and the slide is no longer the focal point for everything we do and collaborate and it just makes things more dynamic and more engaging and just a bit more real so that's that's one um, tool that i'm really excited about shifting how we think and another one is mural another platform that i've been playing around with which is a visual collaboration tool that allows you to share artifacts similar to, to like a whiteboard and it gives you the ability to use lists flowcharts diagrams methods and you're drawing stuff and, and moving stuff around and actually when you're in that platform, it, things actually look like a post-it note. So you, you, you move basically a virtual post-it note around, or you can leave the, the, um, the messages which look similar to that tool. And it, it really helps you align and coordinate in, in a collective, collaborative way. And then the other one, which no surprise here, is called Zoom. Now, here is one where if you go for a, a paid versus the basic model, you get a lot more functionality and you get more, a lot more capability. One of the tools I've been using a lot is the annotate function that allows you to poll or to write or to comment on screen when people are sharing and talking. Again, they have the whiteboarding functionality, but it's just a lot more interactive and a lot more dynamic. And so those are three examples of things you're doing differently where it helps you make it feel more more real and more personal. And my three tips when I think about this is before you even start any interaction, be clear 
crystal clear on your desired outcomes of that meeting or that session? And then how are you going to measure that you've met those outcomes? Secondly, be focused on the audience, on the people you're, you're collaborating with. So it's less about spreadsheets and it's more about other, other ways of communicating and collaborating. And then the third thing is you've got to have a really good facilitator. You can't have someone with a monotone voice speaking very quietly and sending you to sleep. So how do you facilitate? That role is ever more important as we shift to a more electronic remote way of working. Yeah, I, I really like that one. I, I could talk a lot more about the last point, but I'm, I'm a bit conscious of time. So just just one thing, though, um, you know, those Prezi video mural I've played around with and and uh, had sort of one experience, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I suggested it in a organization I was working in and, and the response was, we don't need that. I've, we've got Microsoft Teams. And, um, and, and I think that yeah. completely misses the point, to be honest. Um, but, uh, but hey, that, that's, a, that's a story for another time. Well, well, I'll just build on that because one of the things that teams, especially if you're collaborating and you're working with people, currently the limitations is to, is to only have four people on screen at a time. If you've got 20, 30 people, just imagine how they feel. If you're meeting in real in the real world, you don't just look at four or five people, you look at the whole room. And so th- shifting how we think to what helps us deliver a real face-to-face experience, which is the human connection, which ultimately will be important and continue to do so is, is critical to consider. So no, I agree with you with that one, Chris. Good. All right, Sam. So why don't you wrap us up today? What, what's the three key takeouts? Well, great. Thanks for that, Chris. And I, for me, the first the first one, which is crystal clear in terms of leadership from Jacinda Ahern, she says, I refuse to believe that you cannot both be compassionate and strong. Secondly, Ensure you have an action plan and don't just expect this to work out. Thirdly, marketers and entrepreneurs and creative people, they need that creativity and collaboration that unleashes them versus constraining them. It's about building community and not about imposing control. Great. Nice and nice and simple, nice and clear. Um, so next episode, we, it's going to be a build on this. Um, we're going to look at leadership tools um, that clearly they're going to need to evolve over time. And we're also going to be looking at the working environment and, and how that will have to change um, and how that will have to change in order to facilitate the modern day marketeer. Uh, so we'll be covering that and more in the next episode. Great. Chris, again, another really exciting episode, the topic that's close to both our hearts, and we'll get going on planning for next week's episode. So, Chris, have a great week across the pond. Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe, or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment, or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.